0: 1. Strand Beast. Roz drew the camel to a halt as a pair of very strange contraptions crested the next dune along from his. It wasn't immediately obvious if they were machine or beast or a weird merger of the two. He could see right through their struts and axles to the sky and sand beyond. As large as houses but spindly like insects, they had numerous legs that rose and fell with clockwork precision. One hissed and jerked as it moved, creating a racket unfamiliar to Roz's ears. The other proceeded in absolute silence. Atop each of them sat a young man, protected from the sun by a broad parasol and dressed in winding robes. Their turbans were red like the straps across their chests. The camel shifted restlessly beneath him. "'I agree, know-it-all,' Roz said. "'Let's give them a wide berth.' But it was too late." The two young men had already seen him. Waving and shouting, they urged their strange mounts in his direction, with much pulling of levers and turning of cranks. Roz worried at his lower lip. Don't stop, whispered a faint voice in his ear. Shh, Adi, he told the ghost. We might as well ask for directions now they're on their way. I promise we won't be long. If only it would be so easy to soothe his own misgivings. His previous promise to put Adi's disembodied mind back where it belonged was proving enormously difficult to keep. First, he had to find her body, which meant finding her family, and they appeared to have been swallowed whole by this boundless desert. Well, hello, cried the first rider as he crested Roz's dune and came within earshot. He was no more than seventeen, with long limbs, a golden suntan, and gaps in his smile. Are you lost? No, Roz said. I'm looking for someone. Most people come out here to lose people, the young man's grin grew even wider. Ain't that so, Shiggins? Surely is, Draz. The second rider had come up beside the first, no older than Draz, but stockier and dark of complexion. Both machines eased to a halt, accompanied by much hissing and creaking. Arrowhead feet flicked upon the sand in their wake, leaving broad, angular tracks that could never be mistaken for anything living. "'I can't imagine who you might find in these quarters,' Shiggins went on. "'A clan caravan,' Roz explained in the unlikely event that they could help him. "'They would have come this way in the last few days. "'Have you seen them?' "'Maybe,' said Draz, resting his elbow on one knee. His seat was higher than Roz's saddle. "'Do they go by a name?' Sabatino. That ring a bell to you, Shiggins? Not a tinkle, dress. The second rider pursed his lips in regret. Truly sorry, boy. You've come a long way for nothing. I know they're here somewhere. Roz's gaze drifted to the horizon ahead. He had been following Adi's directions faithfully for two weeks now, even when she had urged him off the main Ulan Boliva road and into the deeper desert. The sand seemed endless out here, The shifting dunes erased every trace left by the wheeled wagons of the caravan, so they might as well have lifted up and flown away. They can't stay ahead of me forever. I bet they can't, said Draz. His gaze lingered on Roz a little too long. How are you off for water, little man? Got enough for three days, he said, looking at the deflated saddlebags hanging over the camel's sloped flanks. I'd buy some more if you have any to spare. Oh, you've got money, have you? The second rider rose from his seat and climbed down through his walking contraption as though it was playground equipment. Why didn't you say so?